Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. Today, I want to talk about guilt. And guilt is, I think, very interesting when someone else passes because in addition to the grief that we go through, which is hard enough, a lot of us seem to want to actually take on this feeling of guilt, this feeling that there's something that we should have done or something that we shouldn't have done and something that that impacted this person and caused them to die. And there may be reasons why sometimes there, there could be something that you may feel guilty about. Let's say you were in a car accident and you were driving a car that killed someone. Um, I guess there will be maybe a reason to feel guilty about that. But I'm talking about people that feel guilty about things that are way beyond their control. And they will irrationally hold on to these things and make up stories as to why they caused another person's demise and why they should feel guilty about it. Now, this is, I think, particularly true with parents. I know with myself and my daughter, Shana, passed away at the age of 15. I looked for things that I could have done differently. Uh, Shana had a, a mild heart condition that she was being treated for. And I thought, should I have you know, done more, been more aggressive with that? Should we have taken her to a different cardiologist, for example? Um, Shana took injections for her arthritis and I was the one that gave her injections. And I wondered, did I do something wrong when I gave her her injection two days before she passed it? Did I somehow cause this, um, when she was down the hallway and, and, you know, should I have known that she was struggling in her bed that night, the night that she passed away, just crazy things come to our minds when someone passes. And again, when it's especially, especially when it's a child and what triggered this particular video today as I was talking with a, a client yesterday, and this is the first time I'd spoken with her, and she's telling me the story of her daughter's passing. So what she tells me is, first of all, her daughter was a perfect child, as she put it. She said, not just because she's my daughter, but she was perfect. So we, as parents, I think we all can kind of understand that. We think our kids are, are perfect. And I'm like, okay, great. And she's telling me what a great mother she was and how she's this very... Uh, uh, enthusiastic, outgoing, upbeat person who did everything for her daughter. I mean, she seems like she, what she told me, she dedicated her life to her daughter. In fact, her daughter moved from the state she was living in, let's say it was Tennessee, to New York. 
And this woman actually gave up her job and moved with her daughter to be with her daughter. So this is how much, how dedicated she was to her daughter. And she wanted to make sure that I knew that she was extremely dedicated to her daughter and her daughter was this perfect person. But she was telling me her daughter was going through depression and she knew that, but she thought maybe her daughter could, could get through the depression on her own. So she didn't worry about it too much. Uh, she found that her daughter was secretly drinking more than she should have been. Um, and again, she said she didn't really worry about that too much. So she, she didn't think she'd maybe done enough there. But as she's telling me the story, I'm thinking when we get to the end, I'm going to hear that her daughter died of either taking her own life from depression or maybe she died of drinking too much alcohol because she said she was drinking too much. So she tells me that her daughter, you know, it was a normal day. Her daughter was going to work and they weren't living together. They were in the same city, but not together. And she had seen her daughter, I guess. And the way she had left her, they left on pretty good terms, but she didn't hug her and kiss her that particular day for whatever reason. So fast forwarding a little bit, her daughter is in an accident that evening and her daughter is killed by a drunk driver. So the woman tells me, the reason why she felt guilty is that day she had made seven mistakes. She counted them. She said, I made seven mistakes that day and I normally wouldn't have done that. And I was just really not focused and not doing what I should have been doing. And if I hadn't made those mistakes, she might've lived another 50 or 60 years. And she's telling me this. I'm thinking, why do you think that your mistakes contributed to your daughter's passing? And she said, well, she had picked up her car, I guess, from the mechanics that evening, and she was driving home and she was killed by the drunk driver. Now, if she had done something different, and again, I'm not really understanding this because it's frankly not rational. If she had done something different, her daughter wouldn't have picked up her car or she wouldn't have been distracted or something. She wouldn't have been in that situation. And this woman felt like she should have controlled that. So I said to her, I want you to listen to your story. And I, want, I want you to hear it from, I want to first of all tell you from my perspective. I hear you telling me that your daughter is a perfect person. And she says, yes. I hear you telling me that you did everything you could ever possibly do for your daughter. She says, oh yes, you have no idea how much I did for her. I did everything I could possibly do for her. I said, so if you did everything you could do for her, then why do you feel like you're responsible for her passing, for her death? And she said, well, that day I made six mistakes. I, don't, I hadn't made these mistakes before, but that day I made these six or seven mistakes. And I, what I tried to point out to her was she only considers these mistakes because that day her daughter happened to pass. And I'm like, just because your daughter happened to pass that day doesn't mean they were mistakes. You probably have done these things before and your daughter didn't pass on those days, but she was clinging to this idea that there was something that she did that caused her daughter to be in that situation. And again, I said, well, did you know that there was going to be a drunk driver there at that moment? And she said, well, no. I said, as human beings, you're, we're not omniscient. We don't know everything that's going to happen. And I told her the story of a, another woman who I'd heard whose daughter was killed uh, in an accident with her boyfriend. And that particular morning, the daughter went out to breakfast with her boyfriend. And the mother had thought, maybe I'll wake her up this morning and take her out to breakfast. And she didn't do that. So the daughter slept in, went to breakfast with the boyfriend, and was killed in an accident. And the mother said, it's my fault because if I had woken her up and taken her breakfast, she wouldn't have been in the car with the boyfriend and she wouldn't have been killed. So I tell this story to my client and I said, what would you say to that mother? 
And she said, what I would tell her, of course, she had no way of knowing, and that's not her fault. And I said, can you not see the parallels between that story and yours? And she said, well, yes, but I still made these five or six mistakes. So then she asked me if I believe in soul planning. And I said, you know, as a, as a counselor, it's not really my position, my place to tell you what I believe. It's really more about what you believe. And I said, well, let's start with what we know. I said, we know that you're not omniscient. We know that you didn't know that the drunk driver was going to be there at the time. We know that you did the, everything the best that you could. These are the things that we know, regardless of soul planning. Let's just set that aside for a moment. So how can you possibly blame yourself? Again, she came back to these mistakes. And again, she asked me what my beliefs are in soul planning, because what she was saying to me is, she said, is there a higher power? Is there something that controls our lives such that no matter what we do, we're going to go out on these certain exit points? Now, exit points are an interesting uh, thing because it's very controversial. Some people believe we have an exit point. When we come in, we plan when we're going to go out. Some people believe we have multiple exit points and we come in at a certain time, but we might go out at different places and they're kind of optional off ramps, I guess. Frankly, I don't know what I believe about exit points. I do believe in soul planning. I do believe we have a general idea of how long we're going to live, whether it's down to the day or the minute, I don't know. And again, I like to work with my clients. First of all, let's talk about what we do know. And is it reasonable for you to have guilt, even if we believe in a total free will universe where everything is random or can happen any way we choose, still can we possibly predict everything that's going to happen and should we feel guilty? So the answer to me for all those questions is no. <laughs> whether there is some, some God out there that has planned our lives or whether we planned our lives before we came in, and that's our free will, as my friend Sarah Rubel believes that we have free will, but it's only in the planning. And then once we're here, we kind of play that out and it's all planned from that point. Whichever of those extremes we happen to believe, we are not omniscient beings. As human beings, we don't have control over the entire universe. We're not omnipowerful or, or, or um, omnipotent is the word I'm looking for. We're not omnipotent. So even if we did know everything, we couldn't control it. And we don't know everything. So I know there's this, there's this natural tendency when someone passes to feel guilty about it. And again, I've seen people almost cling to this. I was talking to this woman yesterday and I felt so bad. My heart broke for her because she was clinging to this guilt. But on the other hand, she was reaching out for her hand saying, well, if it's all planned, then it's really not my fault. And there's nothing that I could have done to save her because it was planned. And again, that may or may not be true, but what is true is either way, she shouldn't have felt guilt. I mean, I, shouldn't, I don't want to use the word shouldn't. Feeling guilty about it is not a helpful feeling. And it's something that we can learn to let go of. So what I encourage people when you're going through grief, please try not to add to it. Please try to avoid this idea of feeling guilty. And an exercise I, tell, I was telling her, I said, talk to yourself as you would talk to your best friend. Pretend that you're telling this story to yourself. Tell the story to yourself. And then respond the way you respond to a best friend. You would never say to your best friend, oh, yes, of course it's your fault. Oh, yes, you should feel guilty for the rest of your life because you made these mistakes that day. And if you hadn't made these mistakes, then your daughter wouldn't have been that, in that situation. We would never say that to our friends. So if we wouldn't say it to our friends, we shouldn't say it to ourselves. 
again, whatever you believe about pre-planning, soul planning, God planning your life, that's entirely up to you. As I said, I do believe in soul planning. And I finally had to tell her that because she insisted that I tell her what my views are. Yes, I do believe in soul planning. Yes, I believe that sometimes our children have decided to leave before that we do for, for their own best good and maybe even for our own best good. But regardless of that, the feeling of guilt is not practical and is, is not helpful. So um, that was what I wanted to say today about guilt. And if any of you are feeling guilt for any reason, please try to let it go. And if you can't do it on your own, talk to someone, tell them your story, tell them how you're feeling, ask them, you know, is it reasonable for, for, me, for me to feel this way? Should I feel this way? And again, in terms of, you know, my personal beliefs, you know, I cannot tell you about why, I mean, I can't convince you and I don't want to convince you as to what I believe. Now she was asking me, was this something that's just a crutch? Is it something that I believe just to make myself feel better? And I don't believe so. Um, I have a lot of reasons for believing what I believe based upon near-death experiences, based upon what mediums have told me, based upon um, philosophy and science. There's a lot of reasons I believe what I believe, and I'd be happy to share those with anyone that's willing to listen. But I can't just transfer my belief to you. I can't, you can't just call me up and say, Brian, do you believe this? And I say, yes, and then you take it as your own, and, it, and, it, and it's going to alleviate this. But what I can tell you again, and I want to keep emphasizing this, is that you do the best you can with what you know at the time. We all do. And even people that sometimes you might feel intentionally harm you, they're doing the best they can with what they know at the time. Give that grace to yourself. Don't blame yourself for whatever happened to your child or your spouse or your grandmother or whoever it is. Um, let that go and you know, let the guilt go and then we'll deal with the grief you know, as it comes. I hope that helps help someone and have a wonderful day. This has been a bonus episode. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find more content like this by joining me at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth. If you join me at Patreon.com and become a $5 a month contributor, you'll get access to all of my bonus content. I hope to see you there. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to make it really easy for you to reach me. So just send me a text to 31996 and simply text the word growth, G-R-O-W-T-H. In fact, you can right now just say, hey Siri, send a message to 31996. And when Siri asks you what you want to send, just say growth. You can do the same thing with OK Google. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content, 
and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grieftogrowth.com. Hey there, if you liked this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.